Hooper now offloads. Oh, so close, still short. Blaubanga. There he is! He's over! Hi there, and welcome back to Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast, where two diehard fans having a weekly chat about all things Aussie rugby. We are real, family-friendly, and positive. So get involved. Get involved. Now, we're super excited to begin our preview of the Super Rugby AU season, starting off tonight with the Brumbies. But before we get into our regular introduction and kind of talking through and walking through what we're going to do for the episode just wanted to let you know that we are big boys in a podcast landscape now we've grown up and we actually have a sponsor who's got in touch with us so this this episode of pick and drive rugby podcast is brought to you by our new friends at manscaped so you can go to au.manscaped.com and use the promotion code get involved or one word for 20 percent off your next order we'll give you some more information and talk about our experiences with them later in in the episode but just for now know that your support of the pod could be done by getting some fantastic products from manscape so mitch how has your week been it's been good it's been busy we've had a big week of um of preparation for the new super rugby season but it's mm. been very exciting and i'm very very much looking forward to revealing who we have joining us tonight and for the rest of the next few weeks so some very very high profile guests well, why don't I just let you kind of start? Who who are we going to be talking about tonight? All We're right, talking so with tonight, this is our Brumbies preview. We're going through Super Rugby AU twenty twenty one. Um, our preview of each team and we're going to go through it in a format um, of the finishing of last year's competition so we're starting episode one with the brumbies we will go through one two three four five um, and this week we are lucky enough to be joined by the man the myth the legend scott Co. He was an absolute pleasure to talk to, a real gentleman, giving us plenty of his time. So we're going to try and keep our Brumbies recap relatively succinct, as much as we ever are succinct, so that we actually have time to just hear the quality information and opinions and just perspective that he gave. He was, he was a really great bloke both generous with his time and generous with his opinions and views on the game. So yeah, really, really keen for the audience to hear that. So what else do we need to do? Why don't we, why don't you cover the socials for us? All right. We are on social media. We are on three different outlets. We are at Instagram at hashtag pick underscore drive underscore rugby. We're on Facebook at pick and drive rugby podcast, just a page. So go and give us a like and a follow on there. And we're also on Twitter at at pick underscore drive rugby. So definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, because we've been a lot more vocal over the last few weeks on that platform. Wonderful. So if you've been following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, then you would have seen that we had been doing a few like guess who little things for Scott CEO in preparation for this release. And we're going to be doing that before each of the interviews that come well, each of the previews that comes out every week now up until the beginning of the season on February the 19th. Now, the other thing that we're going to be doing as an opportunity for engagement for you, dear listeners, is we are going to be starting a tipping competition. We'll provide some more details of that next week and how you can get involved. So keep an ear out and eye out for that next week tipping competition is going to be getting up and running. Is there anything else that we really need to touch on before we jump into our review? So our format for tonight's episode and for yes. the rest of this preseason segment, we will do this is our intro now. 
getting you familiar with who we are, what we do, and how you can get in touch with us. We will have the interview with Scott CEO first or with our guests for the various teams. Then we will do our our personal uh, opinions on the preview of Super Rugby AU 2021 um, for each different team. And yeah, so intro, interview, preview in that order. Wonderful. Well, let's jump right onto it. Okay, and with us to continue the review or preview of the Brumby Super Rugby season is the legend himself, Scotty Co. 68, Test, or 66, 68, depending upon what stats you're looking at. Test cap Wallaby, over 110 Brumbies caps as well. Scotty, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. Looking forward to uh, the questions you guys have. Thanks, mate. Um, so, I mean, you just mentioned before off the pod that you're in the final day of quarantine. What's been going on? You've been laying low for the last two weeks. Yeah, it's a good opportunity, I guess, for a bit of self-reflection. Um, you know, at the end of every year, you sort of set a few goals for yourself. So kind of gave me uh, a bit of an opportunity to, um, you know, get some um, pieces put in place to sort of get those moving um, there as well. Uh, fortunately for us, um, the Brumbies could spare a what bike uh, for Falo and I, my roommate. So yep. uh, we got a few weights and then we just made do. So we'd spend two hours every morning working out, uh, doing what we need to do, clean the house, did a bit of gardening as well. So, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, you know, we sort of filled up our days as, as best we could. But, um, yeah, just can't wait to get out tomorrow. That's super domestic of you, my friend. Um, is there anything like, are you a FIFA player? Are you into your COD? Uh, how else do you pass your day? What's, what fun things are you doing to pass the time? Yeah, love PlayStation. Uh, big PlayStation guy. Play Call of Duty, uh, Fortnite, Madden. Um, not, that, not that good at War Warzone's pretty. Yeah, pretty Warzone's hard. hard. There are some sweats on there, mate. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind Rebirth Island. Play a bit of that. Play a bit of... Um, S and D search and destroy. Oh yeah, it was pretty funny. The trash talk on there. So <laughs> that gets me going. Uh, obviously Netflix Dan. Um, just have a bit of watch. Um, but growing up, my um, my brother and I, we were um, we were big on like Japanese anime, manga. Like hey, cool. So we love Naruto, One Piece. Big Naruto and One Piece fans. One Punch Man. Yep, yep. Um, been watching My Hero Academy. Academy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So. We just uh, I've I've been watching that on uh, Anime Lab, mm-hmm. um, a bit of that just to pass the time. So yeah, it's a cool little sort of uh, weird fact. A lot of people probably wouldn't know about um, us, but my brother's probably more the uh, the committed fan than I am. <laughs> yeah, I was always into a little bit of um, Death Note and Full Metal Alchemist as well. That's probably as deep as I ever got. Um, okay. But it was yeah. oh, I love it, mate. Um, so I might ask one final question and throw it over to Mitch for a bit. So obviously you haven't been into the full Brumbies camp yet. So your experience has been doing the preseason with the Watt bike weights, whatever you can do at home. Um, how much communication have you had with kind of the coaching setup? Do you have any idea of what the particular kind of goals for the preseason or what they're trying to build within a team during this preseason period? Yeah, I guess um, having a few coaches um, moved on, um, we've picked up uh, Brad C uh, as our, um, I mean, sorry, Rob C as our um uh, new attack coach, and then Brad Mayer is our new strength and conditioning um, coach there as well. So I guess with them, they're always, um, you know, wanting to bring something new while um, trying to keep in place the foundations that we've built up over the last years um, there as well. But I guess, um, you know, I think what they're trying to achieve within preseason is 
obviously we, we, we built a good base um, off the back of, um, you know, being successful in Super Rugby AU. So how can we keep that consistent while build on that and grow, you know, to another level within the team? So I think that that's the, the time that you sort of experiment with uh, a few different things and see what, you know, we might be able to do incorporate into our game plan on both sides of the ball and at set piece as well. And then, I mean, you know, unfortunately we won't have many trial matches, but that's the opportunity there to uh, make the most of it. So um, I can't say there'd be too much different, but um, I guess I'll find out once I rejoin the team. Yeah, great. Now this um, this Super Rugby season is going to be a bit different to anything we've seen in the past. We've got Super Rugby AU up first with the Trans-Tasman comp later on once the Super Rugby AU side's all wrapped up. Does that bring a different kind of mindset for you as a player moving into this season? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, I guess, we, we, you can't fall into the trap of, of treating it as one, you know, big season. I think you've got to take them for what they are as Super Rugby AU and then um, Super Rugby Aotearoa as well. Uh, understand that we need to do what we need to do within those competitions and then shift our focus pretty quickly within a week's time to um, you know, the Trans-Tasman uh, competition that follows that there as well. But um, it's, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's something exciting, um, something different. Uh, the opportunity to play every single New Zealand team this year. Uh, usually we, we miss out on playing one of them mm, yeah. uh, every year uh, just because how the competition uh, used to run. But having that opportunity to have a super, super round as well, I think in Auckland, round three of that yep. conference, something that's always super exciting. Um, great to have the force back again uh, in, in the competition. Um, I think, you know, there's such a healthy, a wealth, sorry, of, of support over there in, in the West. Um, you know, it was so sad to see that go, but to have that back now, I think in Australian rugby is, is something that's very encouraging. So, yeah, I think, you know, there's that old cliche saying that, you know, variety is the spice of life. So, <laughs> Uh, I think it'll be good for everyone. Hopefully, you know, uh, our COVID situation starts to ease around that time and we can start enjoying, um, you know, rugby a lot more. Thinking just quickly about the force, I mean, last year they had, they were up against it. They had a lot of things going against them in regards to travel, being away from home for the entirety of the season and being fairly rushed in the way that their team was put together. That's not the case. At least the uh, player recruitment has been far more settled and probably the best out of any of the super teams so far in terms of the big name signings they've pulled into their squad. Has there been any talk about how, the team will be approaching the force or at least how you're thinking about what those games will look like when you come up against them. Cause then they're a much stronger team than they were last year. Oh, I think they, um, I proved, I think they proved how strong they were last year Yeah, as well. I think, you know, um, as, as rugby goes, you know, a few moments in each game went their way, you know, they, they, they probably look at, you know, three or four wins in the season. So, um, we know how tough they are and they're obviously going to be a lot tougher this year. They've got another full preseason together. Um, as anything, you know, um, just the opportunity to play uh, teams at such a high level, I think for them is, is what matters most. So um, to be able to fast track that development for their players is huge. And then to have the signings that they're bringing in and that, um, that experience, you know, things that you can't coach or teach um, is going to be uh, massive for, for what they're trying to achieve as a team. So um, we know the threat that the, the force pose. Um, we're pretty much calling them the Brumbies backline. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, with Davida, uh, Tomas Gubelli and uh, Tony Pulu uh, running around in that back line. So, and Carl Godwin as well. He was with you guys. Carl Godwin as well, yeah, yeah. as well. So, I mean, it's um, it's going to be a pretty cool uh, matchup round one. I think it's uh, kind of fitting that we're going to be playing against them and playing against the boys. So just uh, looking forward to what uh, they're going to bring to the 2021 season. Yeah, that's what I was going to just say. Um, don't have to wait too long to find out how they go. You will be up against them round one. And at the moment, it looks like it's, it is scheduled to be played in Perth, but we're not too sure exactly how Super Rugby will go this year with the COVID bubble situation and that kind of thing. Has there been any talk around the team uh, whether we might shift to something like last year? Um, I know you guys went through relatively unscathed in terms of having to isolate too much. Some of the other teams had to come over this way and um, and really isolate a lot a lot more intently. Is that something that's sort of on the radar for the Brumbies this year? I think uh, if uh, 2020 taught us anything, it's, um, you know, you need to have that ability to be able to adapt and adjust very quickly uh, and on the run for that matter. Um, it's a forever changing uh, landscape that we that we're facing at the moment within the country so you know things can change at the drop of a hat so I guess for us it's just being prepared um, at the moment we're prepared to go over to Perth and play round one over there and and that's our focus um, at the moment so you know if, if, if plans change and um, then so be it and um, you know we'll adjust as a group and, and make sure that we um, you know have no excuses come game day. Now, Mitch and I are pretty unapologetically Tars fans, as you can probably see from the jersey that I'm wearing. So sorry about that one. Um, but if we're being totally honest, we just love Australian rugby. So we're really happy when Australian teams are playing well. And so I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Brumbies because they've been one of the most consistent teams in Super Rugby now for the last at least 10 years, at absolute least 10 years. Now, my basic question is, what is it about the Brumbies that makes you guys so freaking consistent so that every year you're top one or two? There's just something where you know even with personnel changes the Brumbies are going to be one of the best teams in Australian rugby and generally the better performers against New Zealand teams as well what's the Brumbies magic can you let us know the little secret uh, um, it's probably something that um, a lot of play- players um, past and present uh, probably touched on um, over the years but um, having the, the opportunity here in such a, a smaller city to be able to bond and um and, and hang out regularly away from rugby, um, I think is, is something that's super crucial, um, you know, to a team dynamic uh, culture, um, you know, and, and, and building that a lot quicker and a lot, um, I guess, fast tracking that as well there. Um, there's a good base there for a lot of uh, new and younger players um, to understand when they first arrive at the club. Um, and I guess, you know, <laughs> What I found over the years, no matter who it is um, and no matter what stage of your uh, your career you're at, uh, you know, every, everyone treats uh, every new year as a clean slate, uh, an opportunity to prove yourself. And, um, you know, when we train and we play that way. And um, I don't think there's, you know, any you know, super secret <laughs> to what's helped us be um, super successful here. I don't know if you're around. Uh, you're a little covert spy for the for the task to take it back to them. <laughs> I'd like to claim I'm connected enough to be able to take stuff back to them, but nah, <laughs> we're not. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All good. No, I think it's just um, having uh, that ample time to be able to build those combinations away from the field, away from the training uh, paddock. I think we're so fortunate down here in Canberra 
you're such a, a great community, such passionate fans. And, um, you know, we just, you know, like to remind them that it means so much to us and, it, you know, gets us over the line sometimes there at, at GIO. Yeah, and you could really see that at the end of last year when you did get to win the Super Rugby AU Cup. Um, it just meant so much to everyone. And I think it was great to see as well that it did mean so much to you guys. Like it wasn't, it wasn't seen as a second sort of subpar trophy that you guys are going for. You put everything into winning that title. And, and that was really great to see for, for rugby in Australia, as well as for super rugby. I think so. Uh, I think anytime you, it's any competition stuff to win, no matter what, what level you're playing at um, club rugby, super rugby, school rugby you know and i think you you can't take for granted that those opportunities to be able to win a competition um especially i guess for guys like tevita uh tevita Kurindrani and and myself uh, nick white christian who was a part of the squad who were all part of that 2013 loss um you kind of we lost that final and i kind of just thought over the coming years we were going to get back there again and have an up, another opportunity and it just never came around, you know, and I'm heading into my 10th season of, of Super Rugby and I didn't want to sort of go in there thinking, you know, was that my only opportunity I had to yeah. win Super Rugby, you know, for the Brumbies having been here for so long and, you know, I guess people say you've achieved so much in there, but, you know, I guess when you really break it down at the end of the day, you know, people remember, you know, winning teams and, and who were a part of those winning teams. So, um to be able to be a part of, um, you know, a winning Super Rugby team at the Brumbies was something super special for me personally, but I knew how much effort had gone into, you know, achieving that dream as well within the entire franchise. So on that point, obviously the aim for 2021 is to back that up, is to go two in a row. Now, I was going to ask which players of the train in a preseason training paddock had really kind of impressed you and which names uh, were standing out, but you haven't yet been able to get to preseason training <laughs> with the squad. So let me just change the question a little bit. Have you heard, is there anybody that we as kind of outsiders you think should be really excited for? Maybe a couple of lesser known names that are really standing out or at least sort of whispers on the grapevine that these kids are, coming up and are really going to be quite exciting? Yeah, they're not uh, all necessarily kids. I think uh, Andy Muirhead, uh, yeah, he, he featured on the wing for us a lot last year and was super consistent for us and was um, was key to us, to our, um, you know, championship run there. Um, I think a model of consistency in his position uh, understands the, the core roles and the fundamentals of how to play wing and also has a lot of versatility about him. Um, and I, I think he's a a good chance of, of putting his foot forward and, and, and striving for higher honours this year um, as well. I think um, we, uh, unfortunately, we missed uh, Jerome Brown um, uh, in the Super Rugby AU season. He had a, uh, a few family matters that he needed to settle in New Zealand and because of the current situation we were facing, wasn't able to come back without quarantining. So um, fortunately for us, we have such a very understanding um, coaching staff and Dan gave him the time to be able to, to sort that out and understood that, um, you know, mental fatigue for, for a rugby player is a lot, a lot more real than physical fatigue. And, um, you know, feeling drained and uh, mentally and, and emotionally is, is tough on anyone, whether you're a professional sports person or not. So um, I guess having that opportunity for him to go back and then come back in and apparently he's been one of the performers at, 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 um, at preseason. So I'm pretty excited to see what he can bring to our, current back row dynamic that we have with guys like Pete Samu and uh, Rob Valentini, 
um, Tom Cusack as well there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to our locks stepping up as well and seeing what they can bring with Caden Neville, Nick Frost and Darcy Swain, um, uh, young locks, young budding locks who will, um, you know, obviously be vying for an opportunity to play in the in the starting team there as well. So, yeah, I think um, I think there's a there's a there's a wealth of of youth that we have at the moment, and uh, I'm remi- reminded by that every day. Uh, <laughs> when I'm, joining, I'm turning 30 this year, and you know, and this 18, 19 year old joining the squad. Um, I understand how those boys felt when I first uh, when I first arrived at Brumbies. So, um, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of guys putting their hands up from what I see at the moment. Um, obviously, the young Lonigan brothers have uh, been Canberra locals, and and um, you know, uh, all Canberrans love to see their local boys do well. <laughs> So. I've got a bit of a man crush or fan crush maybe on Ryan Lonergan just because of his kicking accuracy and some of the clutch involvements he had at the start of the super season. So it's been a long running joke on this pod, just my love affair with Ryan Lonergan. He doesn't know about it, but the love's there. <laughs> I think if you go back and listen to our episodes from last season, you will see that Ryan Lonergan gets mentioned at least once every single week. <laughs> You're welcome, Ryan. You're welcome. I'll let him know. <laughs> Now, um, before we move on to the Wallabies side of things, um, we'll take a step away from the Brumbies collective and focus more on Scott Seo. There's some pretty juicy props in Australian rugby at the moment. Who do you look forward to coming up against this year? Oh, I think um, the opportunity to play against Taniela every time is yep. is great. You know, he's he's um, he's been the benchmark for for us Australian props at Super Rugby level, and um, he's just super exciting, isn't he? He's a specimen as <laughs> an athlete, you know, and for someone of that size to be able to move the way he does um, with the strength he has to back that up as well is, um, you know, something to revel at and, and something that we all envy, I think, uh, as props. So I think, um, you know, I think at the moment, uh, um, the wealth of um, depth we have at, at prop is, is something um, that's very um, special and encouraging for, I guess, for myself, you know, as, a, as one of the elder statesmen of the game to see that, you know, the, the future of the game in the front row is, is very promising um, as well there. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of room for them to grow being so young, you know, born there down at the, the Rebels, uh, Angus Bell and Harry Johnson Holmes, who, who, who I believe will feature heavily for the Waratahs again this year. Um, you know, and then, and then Frobber, uh, Tom Robertson over at the Force, you know, has an mm-hmm. opportunity to put his hand up um, over there. So, um, yeah, they're going to be some interesting matchups some great matchups every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's going to be some, um, some great footy to watch. Yeah. Awesome. Now one final fun question while we're focusing on super rugby, the laws change next year, the eligibility rules are relaxed. You can play for any super rugby side or even world rug, any club team in an, in the world and still be selected for the Wallabies. If there's one team that you could choose to play for, who would it be? Oh, in the world. In the in world. The world. Wow, that's um <laughs> you really caught me off guard there. Yeah, um, here we go. We got him to think. This is great. Uh obviously you guys know that um, you know, family's a big uh, part of my life. Um, you know, it's it's all over my Instagram and, and, yeah. and Facebook and and whatnot. And um I think the opportunity to play with um any family would be would be uh, unreal. So, I think I'd maybe choose to go play at Clermont in cool. um, in France. I've always uh, wanted to play in France. 
my uh, cousin, my first cousin Fritz Lee is actually the captain at Cremont at the moment. So nice. uh, his brother's also there. Um, so it'd be pretty cool to play with Fritz um, and play in a different uh, competition, uh, experience a different lifestyle would be, would be something special. And, you know, I know a fair few players over that side of the world uh, as well. So um, it'd be pretty cool to, to be able to travel Europe, I guess, yep. if, you know, if yeah. things do improve, but um, yeah, probably Clermont. Yeah, that's a great answer. I love it. It's so good. Um, been watching, we follow obviously a lot of the Insta profiles of some of the Wallabies players that have gone over and just looking at some of the stuff that Kirtley Beale's up to nowadays. Like it seems like half the time he's not even playing rugby. He's just in gorgeous picturesque locations, taking selfies with the misses. Like it's just the lifestyle looks incredible. So Clement is a fantastic choice. Um, might shift now to the Wallabies. So you've been a regular in the Wallaby squad since 2013. So you've had uh, a large change in kind of the coaching dynamic over your tenure there. So what has Dave Rennie brought to the Wallaby squad? How have things changed under his coaching? I guess, um, you know, he's, he has a heavy focus on um, on team bonding. Um, he obviously didn't have a lot of time to be able to build that heading into uh, the rugby championship and the blood is lows last year. So he tried to do that the best way he could then, I guess it, it's pretty cool, fresh change. Um, you know, a lot of my time with the Wallabies has been under uh, Michael Checker. And, and again, I'm always thankful to him for the opportunities that I got to to represent Australia and the Wallabies uh, there as well. So I guess it was just something new and something fresh last year coming with Dave and just being um, keeping an open mind to what to what he was trying to achieve, um, you know, away from the field, um, obviously because we didn't have the, the usual time that we would to be able to build those... Uh, combinations and chemistry there so um they were pretty cool he's uh, obviously a, of cook island descent himself um you know so we we as uh, pacific islanders could relate relate to him pretty quickly obviously having coached in new zealand there and um you know he brought a lot of of that to the team and and uh, that family environment and i think a lot of players took to it and, and enjoyed um you know a lot of the fun activities that he tried to incorporate in the in the team bonding session so um uh, it's probably a lot more to do with um, away from the uh, the training field, um, what was new and fresh and, and things that I enjoyed probably the most. One of the things that we love seeing was on Instagram, some of the uh, videos of the team getting together. And I think it was a uh, Felipe Dongunu was playing the guitar and singing a few songs that everybody was singing along to as one and of those Corabetti bonding moments. Well. Yeah, Corabetti yeah, too. Um, were, what, what other types of bonding things did Dave Rennie try and get the team to do to really draw you guys together? So we were put in uh, like mini groups. Um, we had, you know, mini group competitions and challenges as well. And there was obviously a prize for, for whoever won at the end. Unfortunately, my team didn't win. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were consistently middle of the table the whole time. So. Um, yeah, we had a lot, of, a lot of those sort of things. Like the, the singing was um, obviously, um, you know, really nice opportunity uh, for players to display their cultures. We had a, a Samoan song. Garland song, Maori song, Tongan song, and our Australian song yeah. as well. And we also had the opportunity to, um, you know, sing the Australian anthem in the the Gadigal dialect. Mm, yeah, that was awesome. Which was um, something pretty special, something that our players had never experienced before. And uh, hopefully, it's um, you know opening the doors to to other teams being able to um, you know represent um, you know the traditional custodians of their their land and their countries as well over there and bring a jersey to life within that um 
you know, hopefully it's a consistent feature maybe in world rugby moving forward. It's probably a conversation for another time there. But, um, yeah, yeah, he was just uh, every time we'd go for team dinners, there would always be like a little something incorporated in it. Instead of keeping us in our mini groups for team dinners, he'd put us in different groups, mm. dinners, and, and just keep it sort of keep us on our toes and uh, and keep it real interactive as well uh, for us. So yeah, it was good. It was uh, a nice way to fast track that chemistry. I was talking about being able to build that, and um, you know, although we didn't um, get the results we wanted on the field, I think we we took a lot of leaps and bounds off the field. Yeah, moving into that, there was a, some mixed results for the Wallabies last year. Three draws, that's never never seen before, that many draws in one season. Particularly towards the end of the year, um, those two draws against Argentina were pretty pretty hard, it seemed. The, the team took it quite hard. How did it feel for the guys and how did they kind of bounce back from that? Yeah, it's always a, it's always a tough one, isn't it? A draw because you didn't lose, but you didn't win either. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of how do you, how do you take it? But... Uh, being, I think every team will probably say it, that being a professional sports player, everyone will treat it as a loss. And I'm assuming Argentina would as well. Because uh, there's always, within a draw, there was always an opportunity to win it, mm. you know, more than there was if you just lost to another team. So, um, again, it's it's a tough one to sort of judge the year off. Um Because, you know, what do you, you, you sort of, they were the, that was the main sort of theme for us throughout the year. But, like I said um, earlier uh, in the earlier question, um, although we didn't probably get the results that we, we wanted, and I guess like I alluded to earlier with the force of a few different decisions went their way, their Super Rugby season yeah. is different. It's probably the same sort of scenario for us as a Wallabies team there. So, um, you know, the wind blows Hodges kick a different way. Maybe there's a chance to win the Bledisloe. Yeah. Um, you know, and then if we had beaten... Uh, Argentina the first time there's an opportunity to win the rugby championship so uh, yeah there's always hindsight it's the beauty of hindsight isn't it at the end of the day and I guess the the mark of a team will be whether you come back stronger the next year and make sure that they're not draws and they're wins on the board exactly it seemed like throughout the campaign there were just these moments where we were just on the cusp of something really, really good, but we just couldn't get over that line. Now, we've actually had a listener question come in, where, which kind of combines some of the Wallaby stuff with some of the Brumby stuff, so I might ask it now. Um, so this is from one of our listeners, Mitch Evans, who asks, with some Wallabies game time being given to Lower CEO, Wright, Simone and Banks, coupled with Tavita moving to the force, for the Brumbies, are we expecting a new backline structure? And who's actually like leading the backs? Is it solely Noah Lalesio? So how valuable, and then finally, how valuable is winning the 2020 final for a group, including some fairly young players? So what's the backline going to look like, essentially? And how vital was that final win for the young players within the squad? Yeah, I guess on the, on the backline question, um, you you know, no one's a given um, at the end of the day. Um, like I said, you know, we treat it as an opportunity to, to keep proving yourself, um, I think, you know, whether you've got a captain in the back line or not, we all know that the, the fly half is, is is normally the general in the back line there and runs the team. And um, we as a forward pack look to him for guidance within our game plan. So, you know, I think uh, that's probably why you don't see a lot of fly half captains have really got enough on their plate um, as it is being able to run the team and call the shots there as well. And having someone like Nick White at nine, potentially there to, to, to help help him steer the ship is, uh, I think, is crucial. Uh, I've heard Bailey Quenzel's also been putting his hand up. Uh, young Rajan Pasitoa, um, 
if you like the way Lonergan kicks, then you'll love the way Rajan kicks because I think he's probably better. But oh, 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 okay. Thank you very much for the interview, Scotty. Uh, it's been. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate, keep going. One, I think um, you know, obviously, young uh, Lenny Lenny Ikito, um yep. got the opportunity to train with the Wallaby squad there and and, and put his uh, hand up there. So. Obviously, the 13 um, slot slot is uh, pretty wide open there with, with Tevito and Cummins for so long, having moved on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't sort of pin it down. Obviously, Tom, Tommy Banks has held the, the fullback spot for such a long time, but we saw what a guy like Mac Hansen can bring to the team as well yeah. um, while Banksy was out injured for, for a couple of weeks. So I think it's going to be a lot of thriving competition there um, as well, guys putting their hands up and... I guess that's what trial matches are for. Um, guys being being able to put their, their best foot forward and put their hand up for selection. And um, I guess off the back of winning, you know, the final, um, what we just said to a lot of the younger players is, you know, um, savor this winning feeling, you know, because, you know, that's what you want to hold on to and that's what you want to keep at, at the Brumbies in, in in the coming years, you know, and you want to you want people to come in and and. and just walk in and just, you know, initially just have that feeling of, oh, yeah, you know, people are here to win. You know, they, they want to compete to win and, and that's what it's like here. And, you know, that's the kind of aura that I'm feeling when I, you know, step into Brumby. So um, I, I think um, for for the development of any player, I think winning and losing um, is massive because, you know, you, you need to be able to learn from both of those experiences there. So, um, you know, having been through both of them now, um, you know, as much as I can help them out, um, I will. Yeah, you've got some pretty, you touched on some really good points there. I mean, one of the interesting things to watch for the Brumbies this season is what happens with that 13 jersey. So you've got Lenny Ikatao, who you would think is the one that's likely to get it because of the Wallabies training time that he's had. But also when Tavita was out at the tail end of the Super AU season for a couple of games, I think uh, Solomoni Kata yeah. stepped into there as well and did a really, really good job. But they're very different players as well. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be great to see what happens there. Um, what we might do now is shift on to a bit of you as a person not necessarily as a rugby player um and i want to start by asking this question we've kind of already touched on this a little bit we've already touched on it a bit so we know that you've got you've got gaming shooters you've got some of the anime stuff as well is there anything else that people may not know that lies beneath the professional sports player layer that you've got going um i'm an avid golfer oh yeah Um, you and maddie tamua I say avid, uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy the social aspect of golf as well. Um, it's probably the the only sport we can play um, outside of rugby while we are contracted and 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 within the realm of professional rugby there as well. But um, it's just a good opportunity to you know play with other people in the team and and, and you know drive a cart with them or walk with them and just learn a few things. Um, it's pretty low key compared to, you know, rugby, which is, you know, ongoing all the time, you know, this opportunity to take a step back within golf and, and build, you know, work on things like, um, you know, your processes within games and, and the triggers there as well. So I enjoy, I enjoy golf. I think um, um, it's such a, you know, an amazing sport. Uh, some of the things that, that, that golfers can do with the, you know, their clubs and golf balls is um, you know, pretty amazing when you, um, when you are playing golf, you know, consistently and you can't do it. So <laughs> able to see what they can do with, with, it, with their shot shaping, that is, uh, is, is pretty unreal. Um, 
I'm, I'm a bit of a sport buff as well. I think um, I'm always amazed at the athleticism it takes to play at the, the highest level of any sport. Um, love NFL. Um, uh, I don't follow any team uh, specifically, but I just sort of uh, keep a keen eye out for, for certain players that I obviously, um, you know, big Tom Brady fan. I yep. think he's, yeah, cool. you know, a big fan. Everyone's a big fan of Tom Brady um, there as well. But um, it's been pretty cool to see the emergence of uh, a lot of uh, young Samoan players in um, in the NFL, uh, Tua Tungvaluwa, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Uh, over at the 49ers, wide receiver at the 49ers, Juju Smith-Schuster at the Steelers. So, yeah, it's, it's just something um, I watch a fair bit of sport, um, not just rugby. I, I like to watch a bit of everything and and keep up with it uh, um, there as well. Well, I think you sort of answered this next one partly in that in that answer as well, but how do you unwind, how do you unwind or relax from the pressures and intensity of professional sport? Um, you know, obviously there, there were those um, things I talked about, obviously PlayStation, Netflix and anime and, and playing golf with, with the boys. But um, I think, you know, it, when things are going tough and when you're pretty stressed, um, you always revert back to um, your support crew and your support system and, and what's most important to you. And I think um, for myself, um, just talking to my, my parents regularly, um, just making sure that I'm checking in with them and they're checking in with me and, you know, that we're, we're always heading in the right direction and uh, we're always, you know, staying the path. And I, I think that's super important, uh, you know, to have people there that keep you accountable in life, um, I think is, is a luxury that a lot of mm. people aren't afforded. And unfortunately, you know, some people don't, you know, um, know have that support network around them. So it's something that I don't take for granted. Uh, obviously, um, very fortunate. I have two parents that love, uh, have loved each other for over 30 years now. They've been married and That's uh, and long before that. And, you know, yeah. they've raised all four of us kids um, as well. I've had, I had a great childhood. Um, I can't complain about anything that I that I went through as a, as a, as a child and a, and a young adolescent. And, um, you know, they just always pushed me to, to do better and, and, you know, made sure that I was, um, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable. So, um, I think, you know, when, when the game's really getting to me and, you know, there, there are days where the game can get to you a little bit, no matter how long you've been in the mm-hmm. arena, um, I think you've just got to go back to, you know, those who are the most important to you and um, those who are always going to be there unconditionally. Okay, yeah, cool. Now, a bit of fun, another fun one for you. Um, you've got some mates coming over or pot- potentially a, a lady interest in your life. You're going to cook dinner. What's your go-to meal in the kitchen? Oh, wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen. <laughs> but I can, you know, throw, you know, marinate a bit of meat, a meat put it on the barbecue. Yeah, nice. Standard, you know, just let her know that I can cook a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, I can follow a recipe. Mum, if I was ever in the kitchen, I wasn't allowed to cook. Because obviously I wasn't that good when I was younger, but I right. could chop everything up. So if anything needed to be chopped up or carried anywhere, you know, I was your I was your guy in the in, in the house. But I was probably a lot better cleaner than I was a cook. Okay, good that's still uh, so, ladies. No, he's he's a great man to have around. Tidy home. He was a tidy home. 
<laughs> Mate, um, we might just finish off with this final question. Um, I was checking out your Instagram profile a bit earlier today, and you've got the reference to the Bible passage 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14. And um, both Mitch and I are Christians, so I'll just quickly read out the verse. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in a faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. So because, like I said, Mitch and I are both Christians, we just wanted to ask, how does your faith influence your life professionally and personally? I assume it's something that's pretty important to you because it's on your Instagram profile. So how does it influence your life? So I'm a Catholic. Uh, um, parents of devout Catholics uh, grew up in the, the Catholic church, went to Catholic um, schools before into Trinity grammar, um, obviously. And I think for me that Bible verse sort of encompasses, um, you know, the foundations that my uh, my parents raised me and, and raised uh, my siblings and I on. Um, it's sort of everything that they want us to be in in life and understand um, how important you know God and Jesus teachings are um, to what we need. Um, there's always that talk about you know being ready physically and uh, mentally, you know, emotionally there, but. Uh, I think, you know, understanding that there is a higher power spiritually um, there as well and, um, you know, that it does play a role in your life and it can bring a lot of, um, you know, healing to your soul, um, a lot of, uh, you know, vibrant energy um, there as well to to your soul as well there and it just gives you another, I guess, another vice away from rugby to be able to unwind as, as we talked about before mm -hmm. and, and and just, um, you know, remain strong in there. So um, our, our families build off the foundation of faith, a lot of a lot of what we are and, 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 and who we are when we grew up. So um, um, it's been a, a strong pillar uh, for our family for, for such a long time uh, there as well. And, um, you know, I, uh, I understand that, you know, that, um, you know, on, on game day that, that, you know, God and Jesus, they don't take sides. So it's it's remembering that, you know, they're, it, 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 that you're blessed and, you know, that they're always looking out for you, uh, looking for opportunities to guide you in whatever way. And and I guess for me, my representation of of, of the Holy Spirit is, is through what my who my parents are and, you know, and, and, what, and who they are as people. So um, that's how I've kind of encompassed what, you know, faith means to me in, in, in my life. And um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a pretty honest guy, so I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, you know, the most devout um, Catholic going around. But um, you know, faith does play a very important um, part in my life, and uh, I understand the value and the importance that it plays in, you know, what I want to do and, and achieve in my life. There. It seems like. Um... Some words that I heard Mako Vinopolo talking about recently that within his world, it's faith, family and rugby in that order. And it seems like that's a sentiment that can be pretty closely applied to your experience as well. Would that be fair? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have an order. I think for me, they're just, they're all together as one. Mm. Um, you know, one one can't thrive without the other. Um, yeah. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's an order to, to how I sort of live out each of those, but I, I understand how important they all are uh, to be able to work in harmony, um, you know, for me to continue, you know, on the path of the man that I want to be in. Right. Well, why don't we, on that very profound note, finish it there. And we just want to say thank you so much for giving your time tonight to come and chat with us and preview 
basically what's going to be happening, hopefully, for the Brumbies and the Super Season coming up, but also helping us just to learn and come to know you a little bit better for all the fans out there that are wanting to know the the legend that is Scotty Co in a front row. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time, mate. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And we wish you all the best with the season coming up. Ah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, I just thank you again for the opportunity to um, express myself here on, on your pod, your podcast and, um, you know, give the opportunity for all your viewers and listeners to be able to, to, to learn a little bit more about me and, and grow that personal connection. So uh, thanks, guys. All the best with everything that you guys are trying to achieve in, in 2021. Happy New Year and God bless all your families. And thank you, mate. All the best. Cheers. Support for this episode of the Pick and Drive Rugby Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's grooming both above and below the waist. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all of your grooming needs. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping with this special code GETINVOLVED, all one word, at au.manscaped.com. That's GETINVOLVED. Now, Mitch, one of the most important things for rugby players to do is to take care of their rugby balls. Have you ever nicked your rugby balls? Oh, it's probably one of the most painful things you can do. It's horrible. It really is. And that is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Just for you, Mitch. Just for you. So the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball head trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, which is what Mitch and I have been sent. And we are mightily impressed. Now, one of the other amazing features about the Lawnmower 3.0 is it also includes an LED light, which illuminates your grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. So it also features a third generation trimmer, a cutting edge made of ceramic to reduce the grooming accidents, which we spoke of before. Get 20% off and free shipping with a code, get involved, one word, at au.manscape.com. Your rugby balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with a code, get involved at au.manscape.com. It's time to take care of your balls. <laughs> All right, now we will get into our review. Thank you, firstly, to Scott Seo for his time in that interview. That was really insightful, and I, I took a lot out of that. It was really, really interesting to listen to him, to give all that insight. For me personally, I really like the point that he made about culture um, and the fact that the Brumbies, being in such a small sort of community, they have really strong culture there. Their team is like a family, and I, I do, I've thought this for the last few years. It it's definitely something that they do so well down there that a lot of other super rugby teams don't have the opportunity to do just due to the fact that they're in a large city. I agree. I wonder if that's one of the problems that the Waratahs have had is that players are spread largely quite far around the city. Um, we know that Carmichael Hunt was um, commuting from Bowral to training every day Southern Highlands. when he was at the club. Yeah, Southern Highlands. So that's like a one to one and a half hour drive, depending on if you speed. So yeah, <laughs> for me, um, <laughs> for me, the takeaway that I had was um, I was really, I was really pleased and impressed with the way that he spoke so honestly and personally about his faith, and he was just so he was just really willing to talk about that because it is a topic that has, for very obvious reasons, been divisive in Australian sport over the last. 18 to 24 months and it was just nice to have a conversation with somebody who is willing to speak openly about the faith in a way that is meaningful and personal without it being anything more than that so i really enjoyed that yeah i agree it was it was a different insight into 
some things that we generally hear in the sort of sporting landscape. So I really enjoyed that as well. Great. Well, why don't we move on to how the Brumbies went? Beautiful. So we'll start up tonight. We're going to do our, this is, this segment is our preview of the Brumbies season for 2021, how this is going to look and it will continue for the next few episodes. We will start with an overview of their 2020 season. We will look at their big ins and outs, who they've lost, who they've gained in the off season, who are our players to watch. And then we'll have a quick chat around our predictions for their finishing polls for 2021. So if we look at the Brumbies last year, they came first in the super rugby AU competition. They beat the Reds in Canberra, I nearly said Brisbane. No, in Canberra, 28-23. They were six from eight. They won most of their games. They fell short to the Brumbies in round 10. And then quite an upset, round six against the Rebels. They also lost. Um, Points of note previous to that season, they uh, previous to Super Rugby AU in the general Super Rugby season prior to covid um, shutting things down. They did beat the Chiefs in Hamilton 26-14, which hasn't been done by a Super Rugby side in two, three, four, five, I don't remember how many years, but it was massive to see them do that. So they had a really strong season, as we can all understand. Obviously, they won the whole competition, so huge credit to the Brumbies. Um, I think what we also saw was the emergence of some really, really key players. So in the back line, you obviously have Noel Alessio, who came out. You have Ire Simone, and kind of at the tail end, Len Ikitao, who got um, kind of handpicked to go train with the Wallabies too. So you just had these young up-and-comers doing really well, but you also had kind of some of the Brumbies stalwarts in the back line at least, um, like Tom Wright and uh, Tom Banks also perform. Andy Muirhead also had a killer season as well. Every opportunity he got, he took. And that's before we even touch on really what's often known as the Brumby strength, which is their forward pack. Yeah, so Falafianga had a great season, was the top try scorer for, what was that? Uh, Falafianga was the the top try scorer for the competition last season off the rolling moor as has come to be in the last few years. Um, and yeah, their, their locking combinations did really well. Um, they've got some big names that have come out of this season. So should we move on to our ins and outs? Yeah, cool. Do you want me to track through the players who have left? I'll go through the players that have left. You go through the players that have gained. Great. Okay. So the big outs for the Brumbies for 2021, they have lost Sham Beklavui, who has gone off to Japan. They've lost Murray Douglas, who's also off to Japan. Blake Enever is off to Leicester Tigers in England. Will Miller has retired, which that's a massive one for me. I, that mm-hmm. it seems like he's retired a little bit too early, but he did. He retired to go back and work on a family farm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some, probably a little personal story there. But um, Lockie McCaffrey, he's also gone off to play in Japan. Joe Powell has been signed to the Rebels. Tavita Kuandrani signed with the Force. Guy Porter also off to Leicester Tigers. And then Tony Pulu, again, has been signed by the Force. Yeah, so, I mean, the Force have done some really shrewd acquisitions there, brought in some experience from Tavita Kuandrani, and then just potential in Tony Pulu. I mean, he really didn't show much at all for the Brumbies. He came over from New Zealand being talked up as this absolute speedster, but then through a combination of injury and lack of opportunities, we just didn't see anything from him. So the players who have come in, basically there really are no big names apart from Nick White having made his move back from Exeter Chiefs. Apart from him, there aren't any massive names that have come over. So you've got, and they're mostly promotions from the internal system. So from Brumbies Academy. So you've got Archer Holtz, Bill um, in the... 
props. You've got Billy Pollard as a hooker. Uh, locks are Tom Hooper, James Tucker. James Tucker's come over from the Blues in New Zealand. Um, you've got fly halves of Luke Rima and Rory, sorry, flankers, Luke Rima and Rory Scott. Uh, scrum halves, Lockie Albert and Nick White. And then centre, Reese Tapine as well. So there aren't any well-known names apart from Nick White and maybe James Tucker for anybody who follows the New Zealand game pretty closely. But that doesn't really speak to the strength of the Brumbies just because they don't have any big names coming in isn't essentially a negative for this team. I don't think it's a major positive. I think they probably could have done with maybe a more experienced lock or back rower to cover for the loss, maybe not back rower, but a more experienced lock to cover for the loss of Murray Douglas and Blake Enova. But aside from that, they still have one of the strongest teams, if not the strongest team on paper. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, they've got 28 of their squad returning from last year. So if not the most consistent tide this year, they are up there with one of the most consistent. They've got a lot of youth as well. So the 19 members of their 2021 playing group are below the age of 23. That's massive. This is a young side. It's pretty incredible. I mean... When you look at some of the front row depth, you, you take a player such as Alan Aotoa, and he is, I'm just trying to do the massive how he's only 26. Yep. Alan Aotoa is 26. And he has just been a star Wars of the Wallaby side for a long time. He's been the um, Brummies captain for a couple of years now. He's just the fir- one of the first names picked, a really kind of inspirational leader within that team. And he has at least another seven years of rugby ahead of him. So this is a team that has this interesting combination of experience, continuity, but also youth. I think there's some really good things for 2021, but also moving into the future for this Brumby squad. Yeah, well, they've still got the big positions in their team settled. Their front rows fairly settled. You mentioned before their second row's got a little bit of movement there, potential for players to come in and take that. But apart from that, their back line, their back three is set. Their back line completely, there may be the chance for maybe Tony Pulu to get, uh, sorry, not Tony Pulu, um, Lenny Kitao or um, Re- Rezan Pesatoa to get a little bit more game time this year. But apart from that, they're fairly set. So, you know, we can expect fairly similar things for them coming into 2021. Out of the ins and outs of this team, who do you think is going to be the biggest loss or the biggest gain? Um, I think the biggest loss is probably going to be someone like Lockie McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, partly just because I love him. I think he's an awesome human being plus an awesome player. Uh, but actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I, I agree on all the points I've just said about Lockie McCaffrey, but I actually think Will Miller was one of the form back rowers for the Brumbies in 2020. And his early retirement, I think, is un- it definitely was unexpected and is something that they're going to find a little bit hard to cover, particularly when it's combined with the loss of Lockie McCaffrey too. So, yeah, that's, in my opinion, those that, that back row loss will be the biggest one they'll have to cover for. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Will Miller because he's a player that's been quite, he's been around for a few years now and he played a lot for the Tars probably at that six or eight position because he was behind Michael Hooper, went to the to the Brumbies last season um, to really make a name for himself and he got one good season. He was playing really well. He secured that starting spot. I would have liked to see him push for higher honours. I thought maybe if he hung around for another season or two, he was potentially in there at that, that, um, that position. But 
yeah, he's he's completely stepped away from the game now. So it, it really took me for by surprise because he's not that old. No, no, not at all. The thing I'm just looking at now, I've just realized with Lockie McCaffrey gone, um, they only have one number eight, one clear cut number eight, and that is Pete Samu. Yeah. What and even then, he's not always your most. Oh, you got Rob Valentini eight. as well. I mean, he's a yeah, six, but, but he could play eight. And that's that's my point. He's a six who could play eight. He's yeah. not an out and out eight. Um, and even then, Pete Samu's kind of of a that, that almost like hybrid. Well. He's like an hybrid back rower. Yeah. So I mean, the, I know the game is changing a bit. You don't have to have that massive ball carrying number eight like your Billy Vunapola to um, absolutely dominate, but. Still, that could be an area of weakness, particularly if Samu does pick up an injury or has a drop in form, although he's always been a solid performer at a super rugby level. Yeah, definitely. Um, my biggest out for this for the Brumbies and one that I was really quite surprised when it was announced was Tavita Kuandrani. So he's been around the Brumbies now for about eight years and he really did cement that number 13 jersey for them. I don't think they're going to struggle to fill that spot I just think that they will struggle with the amount of leadership that they lose in the back line without him there. So some of the younger guys like uh, Len Nikitao or uh, Rajan Pesatoa, they have the skills to be able to be the similar sort of gameplay like Tavita Kuandrani, but they just haven't got the game time. So I think without him there, yeah, yeah we, we also saw Solomon Carter come into 13 this season as well off the wing. Um, He's come across from league a few years ago as well. He didn't, he was, he was passable, serviceable in that position, but I don't think he was as impactful as Kuandrani was. Um, and I, I think that's going to have the biggest influence on that back line of the players coming in and out. Um, and it's a really, yeah, really good signing by the force. I think so. I think it's a great pickup by the force. And I mean, to your point about Pasatoa, I thought he was more of a fly half than he was a center or particularly a 13 because um, he came in when Lalesio, he was the bench fly half to replace Bailey Kunzel yep. um, in one of the matches. But uh, if you look at the direct replacements, Len Ikatao is the one who's replaced Kurundrani for a couple of the games at the tail end of the 2020 season but so did Solomon Cutter and they're just very different players so you've got Cutter a very big physical presence explosive speed but I'm just not as convinced about his uh, ability to read the game defensively and organize and marshal a defensive line um, but then Len Ikatao he's a smaller frame his tackling percentage is really strong he didn't miss a single tackle in his brief appearances in the super rugby season so I'm just it's an interesting one to look at and to see what are they going to do and how is that going to change the style of play that they're going to have how's it going to change their defensive integrity and then how's it going to def- change their attacking shape because so often Kurindrani would be the first receiver on a crash ball to get over the offensive line and set up for the next play. So who's going to do that now? Will it be Cutter? And will he be doing that from 13 or will it be a wing? Yep. Yeah. It's interesting to see. Mm. If we move into the next part of our um, our preview for the season, who is your player or players to watch for 2021? Mate, this is easy. Guess. Um, Oh, geez. I think it starts with... um... Is there a Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Rian... yeah, a Ryan Lonigan. You got uh... it in one, my friend. <laughs> he, this is his breakout season. That's not true. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting battle between Isaac Fines and Ryan Lonigan for that bench scrum half spot because um, Nick White's going to have it nailed down without a yeah. doubt. Um, but then you're actually going to be getting two slightly different scrum halves in Fines and Lonigan. Uh, Fines 
is more of a running fly half. You remember that from the try that he got. It was against the Waratahs, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it hurt. It final, really hurt. Yeah, thank final you. couple of minutes of Thank the you game. for opening that wound up again, Ando. I just it's got okay. over it. The season's beginning soon. We need to be prepared for heartbreak as Waratahs <laughs> fans. So let's get it started early. Um, now, you've got Isaac Fines as that kind of more snipey, running, attacking uh, scrum half. But Ryan Lonergan is a bit more of a distributor, plays for territory, at least in what we saw of him in the early games in the season. Um, that might change. So to actually answer your question, who are the players to watch? Um, I'm particularly interested in seeing how players like Nick Frost and Darcy Swain front up this season after yep. particularly for Nick Frost having a second season of Super Rugby. He was really good in his first season, in his breakout season for the Brumbies. Um, was Didn't do anything particularly wrong, was effective in his core roles of carry, tackles, line-out involvement. He did everything that could be expected of a new, uh, a young and new line out forward so i'm keen to see him but also like the player that i really want to see step up is pete samu Mm. i'm i don't understand what it is about him or his game that wallaby selectors don't seem to rate he he gets lost that's the issue but and then I question what it what is it that leads to him getting lost? Is mm. it an inability of him? Does he just not have the skill set to be able to step up to international rugby? Does he not have the capacity to follow what potentially might be more detailed um, instructions or tactics at, at the international level? Do, can he not operate at the speed required at international it's level? Also, it's not know. just international level. We saw last year in the season that he'd have a really good game and be dominant and be everywhere with the ball and on the ball. And then the next game, he's sort of vacant. He's just not... Mm. He's hanging around in the wider channels and he's just not having that impact. And then you, a, a, a game or two later, he'll come back and have another great game. And then he goes missing again for a game or two. And I think that is the reason why he's not... Um, getting picked in the Wallaby squad is because he hasn't nailed down that consistency, that consistency of form. Yep. The other player I really want to see step up even further is Ire Simone. So he obviously had the one fateful appearance in Wallaby's gold in the international season. Let's also forget that one, um, which I don't inherently blame him for, but it just wasn't a good debut for him or no Alessio. But the reality is in Australian rugby, we have some good up and coming tens. Yeah. So at the very least, you've got Harrison and you've got Alessio, okay? Yep. But then who are the new young up-and-coming 12s? Well, potentially Hamish Stewart yep. up at the Reds, potentially Hunter Paisami if we continue with this product, this conversion of him from a 13 to a 12. Um, who else? Ire Simone. And that's I would love to see Alessio and Simone develop an absolutely lethal combination at super rugby level that could in the next couple of years, by the time that James O'Connor and Matty Tamua are starting to reach the twilight of their careers, particularly for the Wallabies. I'd love to see those two. Yeah. Or even challenging them for those world cup starting spots. Yeah. And to have that combination and continuity from the Brumbies to be able to take that directly onto the, onto the international stage. So I'm hoping obviously that brings in, um, no Alessio as well, but I'm particularly focusing on Ira Simone. Cool. So my, yeah, I agree with you. I think that'd be great to see that combination really start to cement itself and to be known through Australian rugby as that rock solid combination there to move into the Wallabies and to, it'll just do great things for the game for both of the players. Um, my biggest 
players to watch this season. Um, I've got Len Ikatao. I've got uh, Rajan Pasatoa and Tom Wright. So we haven't seen a whole lot of Ikatao play last season, but he still managed to get picked in the super in the Wallabies setup. So he's obviously doing things right to to attract the the sights of the Wallaby selectors and the coaches. He's obviously doing things that they want to see. I'd like to see him get more game time, and I think that he will now that uh, Kuandrani isn't in the team anymore. Um, there's a little bit of options to shift that side around. I think they're also going to, this year, probably not try and manage Noel Alessio's workload a little better um, and not have him have as, play as much game time or as many games as he did last season. So we don't have a similar incident of him getting that hamstring injury towards the end of the season and only coming back for the final. Um, we They were lucky that Alessio was able to bounce back, but we kind of saw going into the Wallabies um game set up that he wasn't quite mature enough to, to handle that on the international stage, which is fair enough. He's only 19 or 20. Um, Tom Wright was a massive breakout for the Wallabies. We have not seen him play that type of rugby for the Brumbies yet. So if he can bring that form that we saw him playing for the Wallabies, particularly in that Brisbane test for his debut, um, that's going to bring just a whole nother attacking opportunity to that back line, which is just going to add a whole lot more um, they're going to fire from out wide and in the tight. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him carry that form through and maybe try and push for that selection again next year or this year for the Wallabies. I think those are all really good calls. Um, the reality is that this Brumby squad, we're not really picking anybody to watch in 2021 that's new and unheard mm-hmm. of. And I think that's just as a clear result of the continuity of the squad that they've managed to hold on to from 2020 to 2021. Um, and it also speaks volumes about the Brumbies as an organisation that the COVID uh, damage financially that has just ripped through all of super rugby and has seemed to decimate and gut teams like the Waratahs has had very little impact upon the Brumbies. Mm. And that speaks to a couple of points. It speaks to the happiness of the players to stay there on reduced wages, but it also speaks to organization of the, um, well, the organization of the organization to make sure that there isn't a huge discrepancy in player wages so that by getting rid of some of your key players, you then can have massive savings for the organization. It's obvious that for the Brumbies, at least, they have managed their playing roster far more effectively than some of the other squads in Super Rugby Australia. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So that, I think, leads us perfectly into our predictions for 2021. Endo, where do you see the Brumbies finishing this year? Numero uno, number one. Lovely. Do you want to say why? Uh, I think that the reasons why we picked them for finishing first last year remain the same this year. I think that they have the continuity in experience and the squad who have been playing together now for a very long time, they have not only that continuity, but that experience of winning the Super AU final from last year. So yep. they they know what it is to win. They generally make the right decisions and the right choices in pressure clutch moments. And they are probably the most reliable team in Super Rugby AU at doing that. So whilst we can see some improvement from teams like the Force somewhat from the, actually, no, not really from the Rebels, but <laughs> also from the Reds, um, I just don't think that the Reds, yet have the experience to be able to challenge the experience of the Brumbies. And 
whilst yeah i i just don't know how to state this really succinctly or eloquently but there is a lot within professional sport that comes down to muscle memory, making the right decisions in clutch moments of big games. And we saw throughout 2020 that the Reds didn't always make the right choices. And in my mind, it's between the Reds for first or second with the Brumbies. And because of their experience, I'm going with the Brumbies. Mm, Okay. Interesting. I like it. Well, I have gone for the Brumbies to finish fourth. No, you haven't, you <laughs> filthy liar. I was waiting for that. No, I've gone second. In all honesty, yeah. I've gone second. I think the Reds are going to take it out this year. Um, for me, the Brumbies, they've they've played the same game plan for the last few years. They haven't really shifted it up all that much. They play the game tight when they get up towards the line. Um, and they do have their attacking backs that they can't... They have shown their versatile in a, being able to score some points that weren't always off the mall this year. Um, but there were some games that were, they didn't quite perform as well as we were anticipating. So that Waratahs game last, last year, they only ended up scoring the last sort of three or four minutes of the game to take the lead. They got outclassed by the rebels quite convincingly in the wet. And then that last game in Brisbane, they got completely trounced by the reds as well. So I think there's some question marks that have been, um, un, un, uh, sort of asked of the, the Brumbies this last few games um if a team has the ability to take them away from their set piece or get them in a position that they don't want to be in they don't perform as well they don't have the ability to well last year they they did have the ability to obviously see out the competition but the reds were right on their heels towards the end of the of the of that that game so for me whilst they've been probably the most um, settled squad coming into 2021. I still think that if a team like the Reds can get into their heads, can disrupt their game plan, take the game away from their structured set piece and maybe break it up a little bit or play it the way they want to play the game, I can definitely see other teams being able to exploit that. So if the if the Brumbies can fix that, then that's I think personally that's their biggest weakness moving into this year. Um, so I, I just I think that the Reds have signed more big name players, which we'll get to in our preview for the Reds um, in our next episode. So I, I yeah I really think that the Reds are probably going to take it out this year, but it's a flip of a coin at this point. Okay, and I think that's a fair point. I mean, like I said in my prediction, um, it's a toss up between Reds and Brumbies for one and two. And there's very little between the teams at the moment. I think you could argue that individual player form is in the court of the Reds. I think the Reds had some players that were just absolutely on fire in 2020. Um, and many of them deservedly were given Wallabies call-ups as a result of that. But the same thing to an extent could be applied to the Brumbies. So it's tight. And it just means that we're going to have a cracker of a competition when all starts up. We don't know who's going to win. And even then, you've got some dark horses, particularly with all the players that the Force have brought brought through. That means they're, apart from potentially the Waratahs, there are no easy games or games that they should be cruisingly expecting to win. Mm. Um, Whereas the Force last year, everybody expected to beat the Force. They knew it would be a hard game, but they expected to come away with the win if they played effectively um that's not going to be the case in 2021 yep. so it could mean that there are some just dropped matches and significant mobility on the ladder throughout the season perfect 
Cool. Well, that is where we think the Brumbies going to finish 2021. We'd love to hear what your thoughts. So get on Twitter, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, send us a message. Let us know what you think the Brumbies are going to do because we want to hear from you, the fans. I think we should leave it there, mate. I think, I think that so. is a good review. And like Mitch said, please make sure, team, that you get involved and you give us your opinions. Tell us we're dreaming. Tell us we've got it right. I probably prefer a bit of both, actually. One to spark debate and the second one to just soothe my ego because <laughs> I definitely need that. Um, so thanks for this tonight, Mitch. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's great fun. I mean, we're only a few weeks away now from 2021 and I'm really getting excited. This is going to be an even tighter competition than last year. So it's going to be really exciting. All right. We'll see you there. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.